Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the When to Jump podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. This week's guest on the show is Nevi Achanta. Uh, as many of you know, we did a really big, long book tour all over the world, actually. And uh, the night before the book came out, we were in San Francisco, and uh, we did an event at the Weebly headquarters. We ended up doing a panel after I did the interview with their founders. And I sat on the panel and took questions, and a woman came up to me and said, hey, you know, I really want to make a podcast. I'm going to start my website tonight, uh, and I'm going to really launch kind of this side passion project. Lo and behold, months later, I was able to hear from Nevi. Uh, I believe it was nine months after the jump started. And what we talked a lot about in this conversation you'll hear about right now is, is what it takes to get off the ground, that first little step forward, how you don't have to shoot for the moon, although it's good to have that vision in mind, and how important other people play in making the jump possible. We've talked about this before, but Nevi's story is really powerful, not just about how she was able to get off the ground uh, right away, literally the night that she met me, but also the role that her friends played in making her uh, podcast and her jump possible. So without further ado, my conversation with Nevi, sit back and enjoy. I think it's a really fun one. Talk about uh, a funny chain of events that occurred starting in January of this past year, huh? Mm-hmm. So basically, um, I started my professional career in September last year. So pretty recently, it's been like about a year, but about four months in, it hadn't really been that long, but I was already feeling kind of just like a lack of opportunity to be creative and fulfilled in like what I really wanted to do. So I was talking to a bunch of different people um, about how to get involved with education because that's like my big passion and that's really what I wanted to work on. But I couldn't really see a way of getting involved. And so I talked to one of my mentors. She was like, why don't you start a podcast? And I was like, great, Michelle, that's awesome, except I don't know how to do that. So we'll <laughs> we'll figure out something else. Um, but then like the following week, uh, which is when I met you, I was like, dragged along to this event at Weebly and I wasn't sure what it was or like what the point of it was going to be but one of my friends was like hey I have tickets to this thing you want to come and I had no plans so I was like yeah sure and so that was my first time hearing about when to jump and learning about this community and I think it was kind of like a subconscious thing where I think it was you at the end of the event that was like, okay, like volunteers from the crowd, um, share your jump or share your passion. And so without even like really thinking about it, I was just like raising my hand and I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. (laughs) And I don't think I even like really believed myself at that point because, you know, I had no idea about how to podcast or what to do, but that's kind of like the moment everything kind of ended up clicking for me and stuff started being set in motion. And what happened next? Well, I think I had a lot of 
really important takeaways from that night. And like the thing that really stuck with me is about how like a jump doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. It doesn't have to be that you quit your job and like wait till like the next big thing comes along. And so I don't know if it was you or David Rusenko or someone else on that panel, but I know someone was like, just go home, make a website, just do something small. So that's exactly what I did. I went home. I was like, Weebly seems super awesome. I've used it before and I've had a good time with it. So I created a new account and I made a website and I started telling people about this thing. And nine months later, here we are, um, just released our first episode of our podcast last week. So it's been a really amazing journey that kind of started with that one night. I totally know that feeling of sitting in your uh, you know, desk chair or lying in bed, <laughs> having been told you should go do something and you know yeah. it's what you want to do. And for you, you actually you know, you, you did something about it. So could you walk us through that? Like from that night, what, what was it and, and how hard or easy was it to actually get a Weebly set up and going? On the way home from that event, I called up my best friend. I've worked with her on social impact projects in the past. She's a teacher for Teach for America. So I called her up and I was like, listen, I'm going to send you an email and write down this scheme that we're going to do. and." I don't know if you really have a choice or not, but we're going to make a podcast and it's going to be awesome. And of course, she's like amazing. So she was like, tell me everything. Can't wait to hear it. Let's do it. And so that night, I think, wasn't really a challenge because it was, I think we just had a lot of momentum going on and I was really hyped from the event and I knew that I could rope my friend into doing this. It was just good to sit down with her, talk to her. Have I think the website was a key piece of it too because I'm definitely the type of person that likes to have my ideas visualized. And so creating that website was a big part of that. Um I've used Weebly in the past for some like organizations in undergrad. And so I've known that it's a very user-friendly thing to do and it will turn out well. And so we just kind of sat down and put it together because I think like if you make a nice shiny website, you can sh like at least send it to people being like, hey, this is what we're working on. These are our, our ideas. How can you help out? Um, what can you help us with? So that kind of helped me put everything together and like what our mission was, what we we're going to do. And it's still a work in progress. But after that night, I was sort of able to just I mean, you helped me connect with a producer and I roped in one of my friends who's a musician. And so he has a lot of fancy podcasting, well, fancy recording equipment. And so he was really happy to help. And so that was just like the beginning of how we got our team together and and how that process kind of started. My thing is, I'll have this awesome idea, but, you know, I won't be motivated to do it unless I have some sense of accountability. And the fact that I posted on our website, like, get schooled coming out summer 2018 like yeah that timeline got delayed and lots of changes happened but ultimately I knew that I was like sending this to people and so if I told them a podcast was coming out I had to make it you know whether I had time or not whether I had energy or not so it was a really good way to keep myself and my team accountable because I think that's something that myself and other people trying to make projects and you know, all of these sorts of things come to life is I think that accountability piece is something that creating a website really helped me with. 
Yeah, totally. It's like all of a sudden it becomes real. It's like getting a business card or something like that. It's like, I do this now. <laughs> exactly. Fast forward to now, what what is what has changed from that night? What would you tell people who are getting started in their early steps or put up their landing page? You know, you've been now at this. Your podcast is up and going. Tell us a bit about what what life looks like and maybe what's what's been hard, what's been maybe surprisingly easier than you thought. Yeah, so I think the surprisingly easier than I thought piece was I'm out here trying to get people with full-time jobs to help me like help other people care about this issue which is American education. And so I think getting people to care about stuff that they're not getting paid for always seems like a really difficult thing, especially I have five people on my team including myself and each one of us has full-time jobs, you know, as teachers, consultants, professional musicians. And I think something that I thought was going to be extremely hard was like getting people to help out, right? Because I'm not paying anyone anything. And the only thing I can pretty much offer is, hey, we're going to meet once a week. We're going to have lots of fun and we're going to make this awesome thing. But I think I think when you have an idea that you're really passionate about and you tell people about it more often than not, people are willing to help out in like any way they can. We've had a couple people who I've asked about being on the team. And although they haven't had time for that, they've connected me with like various people in radio journalism and other other places where they have connections. And so that's been something that I thought would be a challenge. That's really not. I think the most inspirational thing about this whole thing for me is honestly how willing people are to rally behind something that I, I honestly never believed they would. Yeah, isn't it interesting that, and you, you kind of wonder if you didn't do this, if you didn't take that small step forward, you'd never know that these people wanted to support you in this way. You'd never see this type of act action and and whether it's uh, rallying around to, to get a podcast up or connecting you to people or just cheering you on. It, there's there's all these things, not just in your own jump that you don't get to see realized if you don't decide to make a jump, but it's it's these like this encore and... Uh, you know, really ardent group of followers that are almost like, you know, hidden among you every day if you don't take that jump. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's honestly been the best part. Um, just like logging on to our various platforms and our distribution channel. And I think three or four days after we got our first episode live last Wednesday, I believe, we already had 208 with uh, listens, which isn't a huge number for most podcasts, but that's honestly like 200 more listens than I thought we would get, especially in such short of a time. So it, it is really cool seeing that, you know, we made something and it's out there. It's out there on all of the major like distribution channels and people are actually listening to it. And a couple of people that I don't even know have messaged me being like, hey, really liked your they've messaged the page being like really liked whatever you're doing. I'd like to hear more about X, Y, and Z issue. And it, I just never expected that, you know, people outside my own network would listen to this and support this. But it's it's really incredible to see that just by following this through, just by like doing this thing that I've had the idea to do, um, it's gaining traction. Yeah, I remember when we first put out, or we, by me on my buddy's couch, put out an Instagram for <laughs> when to jump, I would direct message everyone who liked yeah. Uh, anything and anyone who followed us and would be like, hey, 
thanks for reaching out. How did you find us? And I still do that because mm-hmm. it's almost surreal to find that you have people that find what you're doing interesting. No, totally. That's it's it's really hard to believe. And I don't know if it ever gets like easy to believe. But every day I'm just like, wow, can't believe people who are not my like people that I'm not forcing to listen to this podcast are not only listening to it, but, you know, saying good things about it or like even giving feedback about it, like actually thoughtfully and intentionally listening to what my team and I have put out. It's it's awesome. So one of the things that you did when you reached out to me, uh, which I actually pulled up from January 8th. So this was the day the book launched, because when we spoke after the panel event at Weebly, you you came up to me and said, I'd love to make a podcast. And I said, oh, yeah, I can introduce you to my producer. And <laughs> I've given that offer out and offers like it before. And very few times do you actually get picked up on it because people just keep living their life <laughs> and they think it's too hard to do or, or I was yeah. just kidding. And instead you wrote, hi, Mike. I'm incredibly thrilled to have attended the event earlier this evening. My decision was totally last minute, but turned out to be exactly what I needed. In mid-December, I decided I wanted to start a podcast about education um, and not navigating it has been a bit tricky. And then you copied Lana. You said you'd both love to take me up on my offer to be introduced to the producer or anyone else on my team. And you explained why and you went on to go into some depth about that. Like that right there, I feel like is takes a lot of courage and is really not that I'm someone super important because I'm not, but the <laughs> idea of talking to a stranger and cold emailing someone off of barely any context, you know, that that ended up, it sounded like being reasonably helpful and, and you ended up speaking to an amazing group of producers and people like that, that, that they connected you to from there. What What would you tell others who are pretty, you know, I'd say worried of making that step and sending that note and yet that note is so critical to make, right? I think emailing people and like reaching out to people that you don't know for some reason is a bit scary, even though like the worst thing that can happen is like they never email back. And so I think that really helped me out is like, I I have done that a lot of times in the past. I've gotten no replies. So I think I've just like built myself up to be comfortable to reach out to people because as I've as I've been saying, like more often than not, like people are willing to help. And yeah, when you introduced me to your producer, I had just pretty much recruited my friend Connor, who's producing Get Schooled, and he's an absolute magician and makes it sound awesome. But I had him and Lana, who are like the first two team members, um, on the line. And I think just like before that point, I'd sent that email, and I didn't know, you know, if you would respond. I didn't know what way it would go, but at least there would be no chance of me looking back and being like, okay, well, I never tried anything. So I think just like taking that step was really no loss to me. And I was so excited about this podcast idea that I was like, you know, if this works out, we're going to speak to an awesome producer and we'll learn more about podcasting because none of us, none of the three of our like founding team members knew what it would entail. And so Something as small as like reaching out and sending an email, I think, has really defined the foundation of our journey. And so that's that's like a huge thing that I would encourage people to do is like there's no point saying no to an opportunity if it's not going to take any time out of your day. And 
as I've started to go through undergrad and the professional world, I've just learned that like every time I say yes to an opportunity, something good or something different tends to happen. And when I do something different, I usually learn a lot out of it or from it. So that's kind of the motivation, but, but like as to why I've been a lot better about reaching out to people and reconnecting with people because I I honestly think it's like low risk and usually very high reward. Is there anything that you look back on just this early part of your jump so far and you think, gosh, I'm really glad that I took this approach, that I had this attitude, that I did this certain tactic? Is there anything that comes to mind that you'd end on? Yeah, I think there's there's two main things. And the first thing is is more general and it's just the importance of having a side hustle. I think just making your own project, even if it's something small, like if you have a question about the world. So I'm a stats major, so it's like really easy for me to make analogies to like data projects. But if you have like a question about, you know, the world or if you have something that you want to find out, it's I think it's really important to have something in addition to work. Like if you're working a nine to five and it's not exactly what you want to do, or maybe even if it is, I think that that having some sort of side project, side hustle is just a great way to build momentum for yourself. And it's definitely reflected in this podcast is like, just going through all the motions of like having this, this passion project, that's not my day job is something that I recommend to everyone. So whether that's like, getting involved, picking up a hobby that you actually keep up with, picking up a project, I think that's just like something I would like highly, highly recommend. Um, and that's one of those things that people often want to do, but you know, it's easy to get lazy and complacent and want to watch Netflix in bed, which I also totally recommend. But yeah, the side hustle thing is like one of the main things that I would definitely speak to. Um, the second thing too is having a team. Um, and so this is partially just me because I'm a definite extrovert, but I've also noticed that like I'm good at a few things, but I'm also really good at figuring out what other people are good at. And so by getting a team like from the get-go, like from the second I walked out of that Weebly went to jump launch, I called Lana on the phone. I was like, hey, we need to do this thing. And I think just having a team not only gives you a sense of accountability, but it also gives you that many more strengths to leverage. And I think that like really helps you feel like this is not some challenge or burden or obstacle that you're dealing with. Instead, like for me, it was just like, it's been this really fun nine month journey where we've all been in it together. We've had like hour long calls every week that usually just turn into laughing fests and we just talk about our weeks. Getting a side project and just like figuring out how to get like a really awesome group of people behind it. I think that's critical to success, um, no matter if it's like a really small success or a side project or like something huge. And I'm sure people say that all the time, but those are like the things that have really meant a lot to me. There is like no price you can put on or value you can equate to just having people around you that care about what you're doing. If nothing more than just making sure you don't go nuts, feeling like you're just <laughs> by yourself doing something in a, in a yeah. totally empty space. And if you haven't jumped yet and you're thinking about taking your jump, it's like you should definitely go find those people before because they'll keep you honest on what your goals are and why you got into what you're doing so that when things get busy and maybe complicated and could be a distracting piece of your life, you, you know, 
you can come back to your core and you have these people that keep you honest. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's so hard to get feedback in a vacuum. And so like two of the other people on my team, Aku and David, they've been managing the brand, managing the marketing. And they, um, especially Aku, she's always talking about like the importance of strengthening our brand. And like, that's something that we can definitely work on. But that's also something that I would have probably never given that much thought or intention to had she not been like, okay, we need to do X, Y, and Z because it's like, I'm, I think I'm more of like an idea person. Like, let's do this awesome thing, but I won't always think things all the way through. So it's just, it means so much to have a group of people who are helping tackle like this project that we're all doing. Yep, absolutely. And it is a cool tie-in, you know, your jump story and, and mine and going back to the Weebly event, uh, they really, they're a big piece of that, you know, find the players or the partners or the software that make things just the easiest level of friction to pass through because you need to just find something that will not give you much resistance when you go to make your jump. And we certainly saw that in both of our stories. And they were actually a, uh, a presenting partner of our jump club in Boston, uh, which was tremendous and, and another great way of how they help show up for people thinking about making a jump and obviously continue to do so for me. And it sounds like same for you. And I definitely would tell people to go check that out if they're thinking of making a site because it really is pretty straightforward. And and I think to the broader point you made, you really need to have something that you know just doesn't take that much to get off the ground when you first start. You need the smallest little level of resistance possible and their site makes that easy and there's a bunch of other things you can do too. Yeah, exactly. And that's like one of the main things that I think keeps people from taking risks is like, oh, I don't know web design. Or for me, it was like, I don't know how to record a podcast or whatever. And I think there's a lot of technology nowadays, companies like Weebly, um, companies that are open source, whatever their domain is, like whether it's a website company or if it's like something else entirely, there's just so much out there that offers you a path of least resistance. And so I think that's like, you know, now now is the best time to do something like this because it's honestly just, it's so easy to get started. And I think the biggest obstacle is just like clicking, <laughs> clicking those buttons and signing up for stuff. And I think once you can have something to show for it, like a website or, you know, anything like that, I think that's just like the, the key piece to getting yourself off the ground because I think once you make some sort of tangible mark on the internet in your community whatever it's kind of hard to go back on that because people might remember it and ask you about it and you don't want to be like oh yeah never mind I'm not doing it so I think just having something out there is just like a huge key to progress totally well Nivi thank you so much for joining me for sharing your story for reaching out nine months ago and for for not having any second guesses or at least if you had second guesses pushing past them starting your podcast you've taken an idea you're on your way it's still early but we're rooting for you everyone should check out the podcast and thank you for coming on uh, our show to tell your story yeah thanks so much mike i hope you and all of the listeners of when to jump get a chance to check out get schooled um but thanks so much for talking to me 
All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nivia Chanta. I think it's exactly why When to Jump exists as a community is to host events like that book talk, to have members like Nivi share their story here. Uh, and if you've got a story, we want to hear it. We know there are a lot of Nivias out there. We met a lot of you at Jump Club Boston. Uh, please do reach out to us. Uh, WhenToJump.com. You can reach out through the contact form. Follow us on Instagram and across social media at WhenToJump. Uh, we would love to hear your jump and find the next Nevi out there uh, because we know that's uh, that's something that is courageous to do and um, and is worth doing to take that first little step. Uh, and a final shout out to Weebly for uh, you know teaming up with us both on that book event in January where we could uh, meet people like Nevi and then also helping support uh, Nevi's jump through the websites that they create and that the, the platform they give to jumpers of all kinds and all types. Uh, we mentioned they were a part of Jump Club Boston. Uh, we just love working with them. They really do understand what it takes to jump and, and provide some really helpful tools like a great website in making that possible. So shout out to them, shout out to Nevi, and we hope to hear from you. So reach out and stay tuned because I'll be back next week for another episode of the When to Jump podcast. Take care. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.